and welcome. This is the All Fly Podcast. I am Josh Andrews. I am just here to talk about the Charlotte Hornets and just sort of get things off my mind that has just come up. Um, so, of course, this is going to be the first episode. Um, it is going to be centered around the Charlotte Hornets draft and the Steve Clifford hire. So, let's hop right in. The Charlotte Hornets had two water or two picks in this draft. It was 13 and 15 in the first round, and then 45 in the second round. Um, there was a bunch of surprising, I'll say, drafts or draft picks made before them. Um, Jeremy Sohan was my sort of main confusing pick, uh, going nine to the Spurs. I assumed that Jalen Duran would be going nine to the Spurs to sort of help, you know, take that spot away from Jakob Pertle because that would be a you know young center and they could move off of Pertle and sort of start revamping that entire you know center position. But they took Sohan and with the thirteenth pick, the Hornets drafted Jalen Duran. Um, I was I like Jalen Duran. I am a Duke fan, so I love Mark Williams. But I thought Jalen Duran was the most modern NBA prospect that we had. He's quick enough. He can guard the perimeter well enough. Um, very athletic, very raw. Um, the one thing that I was very hesitant with him about was his field goal percentage in college. He shot around 57% in college, which for a center, it's almost unacceptable, but he was having to front the load him and Monty Bates. But um, he, we drafted him, and then I had turned off Woj and Shams. I had turned off all of their stuff because I didn't want the draft to be ruined. And so when I turn it, when I look at my phone, I have a friend message me and say, "Y'all traded Duran," and I, I couldn't believe it. So I turned on Twitter, looked at all that, and you know I'm sure everybody saw the Shams and Woj <laughs> sort of mishap that they had had. But um, we did end up trading it. We ended up trading um, the pick to. The Knicks, who ended up trading that pick to Detroit. Um, But in return, we got the Nuggets 2023 first-round pick this year, which I believe is protected. I'm not sure of those protections. I'm sure that will come out later. But we also got four second-round picks. The Knicks second-round pick from next year, Utah's second-round pick from next year, either Dallas or Miami's second-round pick from next year, whichever one's better, and then the next 2024 pick, second-round pick. Um, At the time... I was very mad. I went through all of the stages of grief, and I finally got to the conclusion of we'll have to wait and see. Um, It's normally not a great idea to have two very young centers come in at one time and sort of make them compete. It's it's bad for your defense as a whole because it's it's tough to learn the center position um, just getting thrown out there with no metaphorical life jacket um but you know we trade that pick for those and time will tell um everybody had clowned detroit with their trade of jeremy grant where they only got um the first round pick and then some minor things thrown in here and there but they turned that pick from the trailblazers into essentially jalen duran um so 
And, of course, I think Detroit won the draft. I think everybody thinks that Detroit won the draft. But I like what the Hornets did with Mark Williams. Let me actually talk about our draft pick right now. Um, Mark Williams, watched him all year, loved him. Um, 11 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, a little bit under an assist. Um, but where you go with, with Mark Williams is his defense. That is the important thing that you get from Mark Williams. Um, he averaged 2.8 blocks this season, which was the best in the ACC. Um, he was a defensive player of the year in the ACC, and he shot 72% from the floor, which granted all of those, or mainly all of those, were dunks and layups. But he showed a lot of promise with his jump shot. Um, he had, it was not, you know, he wasn't going to be Steph Curry, but he showed a couple flashes of a nice mid-range jump shot that I think can translate well. Um, and, you know, my thing with Mark Williams is just the growth that he had from his freshman year to his sophomore year. Um, going from seven points per game um, 1.4 blocks, uh, four and a half rebounds. You know, he and he jumped all the way up to 11 points, seven and a half rebounds, and three blocks almost. It was and it was it was not quite a doubling of minutes. He went from 15 minutes to 23. But I think that Mark Williams has an immense and I mean immense amount of upside and potential that will pair perfectly with what the Hornets are wanting to do. We haven't had a great defensive center ever since Dwight Howard left. Um, And now we are going to get back to that. We have to work out our defense on the perimeter, but, you know, having a great interior defender, you've seen it with the Utah Jazz, where their perimeter defenders were all right, but all they would do is funnel him, funnel all of the drives into Rudy Gobert, and Rudy Gobert just, you know, he people were scared to go up on him. Once you got into the lane, half the time it was going to be a pass out because it was going to end up being a block. And I believe that's what Mark Williams can do for the Hornets, but I believe he has more offensive potential than Rudy Gobert ever did. Um, so that's where I sort of stand with Mark Williams. I love him. I think that he will complement LaMelo perfectly. I don't think he's a day one starter. You know, it's it's going to be getting him adjusted to the NBA pace, getting him adjusted to NBA defense. He was a bit foul prone, um, especially in important games for Duke, but I think he can, that's all just going to be a part of overcoming the, you know, rookie uh, learning of the game. And so I, I, I think that we've got our center for the future. Now, now I want to talk about Bryce McGowan's um, 40th pick, traded 45 and a second rounder to Minnesota to get this pick. Um, apparently, they, the Hornets front office loved Bryce McGowan. That's what Mitch Kupchak was saying. Um, and I was a bit confused. Um, now, having another go- – we needed – I think we needed a more traditional 
backup point guard or another backup, you know, power forward, center type player. Um, you know, we have PJ, who came in, was a small forward, I believe, in college. We moved him to center now. Um, and he played pretty well, but it's not a sustainable, you know, thing that you can do for a lengthy period of time. And we saw that. Um, Trust me, we saw that PJ could not be the long-term, you know, center because it's just his like his size. You cannot expect somebody that is six six to be able to go out there and bang with Joel and bang with Nikola Jokic. You know, it's but it's a very good small ball lineup. We could do sort of a variation of what the Warriors do. Um, you know, where the, where their center is Draymond. Um, but, you know, I thought we needed a backup four, I'll say. Um, Mason Plumlee is going to end up being the starting five until they think that Mark Williams is ready. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. The offense ran um, with Mason, but Mason Plumlee is more of an offensive center than a defensive center. And I think that was very, <laughs> very um, obvious. So, but back to Bryce McAllen's. He he played one year at Nebraska, scored 17 points per game, five rebounds, 1.4 assists. So he's going to be more so, more so the James Booknight um, sort of mold. And you know, it's I, I I'm not I'm not going to hate on it. I don't feel like he was the right pick per se when James Booknight is not going to be a point guard, so we're going to have, unless they plan on moving him towards more of a wing position at 6'7", but even then he's a very thin wing, and we already have the likes of JT Thor and Kai Jones. Um, I do imagine Bryce McGowan spends most of his time in Greensboro, um, sort of developing and them seeing what he can do. But, you know, 40% from the field, 27% from three, I, I was not a big fan, but I was told from other people that the offense in Nebraska was sort of just run and gun, throw up as many shots as you can, and you know hope that you outscore the other team. So that, you know, we'll see. We'll see if it translates. Um, 83% free throw shooter, that's very good. Um, but, I mean, I don't have much on Bryce McGowan's right now. I'll probably do some research and look up something else um, to see sort of you know, what he's all about. But as for right now, I'm not 100% sold on it. Um, and that's that's sort of where I'm going to end off the draft. Uh, I, think, I think the Hornets, all things considered, it was a decent draft. We got the guy that everybody knew we were going to take. Um, it was a match made in heaven, and it was almost too good to be true for us to sort of deny that. But... Now I'm going to get into the Steve Clifford hiring. Talking about Steve Clifford, Steve Clifford is a very old school, I'll say, sort of coach. Um, Great defensively, gets a lot out of his players. Um, That's been the consensus, is that when he speaks, the players listen. Um... You know, his stints back with the Hornets, he had a five-year stint that ended in 2018 when we then hired James Borrego. Um, But he, in those five years, he took two of those teams 
to the playoffs. Um, it's 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 almost unfathomable the team that he was able to take to the playoffs. I'm going to list off the roster um, from the 2015-2016 team that made the playoffs. So you had Nick Batum, Troy Daniels, Jorge Gutierrez, P.J. Harrison, Tyler Hansbrough, Aaron Harrison, Spencer Hawes, Al Jefferson, Frank Kaminsky, MKG, Jeremy Lamb, Courtney Lee, Jeremy Lynn, Brian Roberts, Kimball Walker, Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller. That team won 48 games and made it made it to the playoffs. Um, you know, it it's 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 such a it's such a bad team. I'm just gonna say that it's a very bad team. You know, Kimba, best player there. Um, well, it's him and Al Jefferson, but you know those two sort of go back and forth. Um, but besides that, I mean, the the third best player, who is it? Is it Nick Batum? It, it, is it Jeremy Lamb? Is it Jeremy Lin? Is it Marmon? I mean, this team. Should not have won 48 games, but that he was able to get a ton out of them defensively. Granted, this team I just listed off, listed off is nowhere near um, as bad defensively as our team is right now. Granted, I don't know if that is the personnel. I don't know if that's the coaching. I don't know. You know, it's it, it's hard to tell because um, Miles Bridges. You look at Miles Bridges. He has the body and the athleticism to be one of the best defenders in the league. I mean, he's just a mountain of a man that doesn't play much defense. Um, P.J. Walker, really good defensively. Lamella Ball gambles a lot. A lot of those gambles lead to steals. I'm not going to say that's bad or good. I think he does need to learn better how to stay in front of his man. Um, But you look at, I mean, everybody else that we have, Terry Rozier's not playing too much defense. I mean, he's 6'3", you know. Um, Mason Plumlee's not playing any sort of defense <laughs> whatsoever. Um, and then, I mean, look at our rookies. James Booknight, not going to play much defense at all. He's very small. Um, Kai Jones has the ability. He has the athleticism. I think he needs to bulk up a little bit more. And the same for JT Thor, but JT Thor played amazing last year. I mean, played amazing. Uh, you know, in his very limited minutes, he shot the three ball pretty good. He showed that his body is sort of built to be a great defender. Um, when we drafted him and I sort of did my draft research, I viewed him as sort of the prospect that Giannis was coming out of, you know, the coming into the draft. Um, I mean, you look at Giannis when Giannis was drafted – um, his his body was <laughs> tiny, um, and you know you saw you know you saw him grow into sort of this mountain almost of a man uh, that it's almost unfathomable from where he was coming into it. This small little skinny. <laughs> skinny guy from Greece ended up turning into being this sort of, you know, this one of the best players of all time, and he's only 27. Right now he's at 6'11", 
242 pounds. Mountain of a man. I believe when he came into the draft, he was about 6'9", 6'10", and maybe 200 pounds. Maybe. Um, and you look at JT Thor, um, and he's nowhere nowhere close. Uh, sorry, he was 190 pounds um, when he was drafted. Sorry, I'm doing this uh, research on the fly. Um, but JT Thor is currently 6'9". Um, you know, he doesn't show to be that that big. It's 203 pounds. It's it's almost it's impossible to believe almost when you look at his body. But he has you know the insanely long arms. Uh, he has the you know potential to be one of the better defenders in you know the NBA. Um, and I think that that's sort of where I think we nailed that pick. JT Thor very raw. Um, if his jump shot comes around, you knew he would be good. Um, seven foot three wingspan from JT Thor. So, I see a ton of promise. I think JT Thor, if he can develop his body and sort of not turn into Giannis, because that's going to be almost impossible. But you know, bulk up, get in the gym, make it to where you're. You know, you're not just a string bean. And I think that he can be an amazing starter for the Hornets. Um, so we have the potential to have defensive guys. Um, Mark Williams, of course, one of the better defenders in the draft. Um, very mobile for his size. I think that we won't be forced into playing drop coverage with him. I think you can switch him out on the perimeter. Um, you know, as a Duke fan, you know, when we put him out on the perimeter against Caleb Love in the NCAA tournament Final Four, didn't turn out very well. Still mad, but he was able to keep up with him and get a hand in his face. It was just an amazing shot. So I think he has the potential to go out there and be this Rudy Gobert style, maybe even be able to stick a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to stick with Kyrie Irving or anybody like that, but you know, maybe he can hold his own enough. Um, and then Bryce McCowan's, I can't say much about him. I don't know what too much what he's like defensively. Um, so it's just a matter of seeing, you know, what they have the potential to be. But I'm excited. I was very upset that we didn't get D'Antoni. Um, and, but I think it will work out. And this last little thing I want to talk about is the Kenny Atkinson situation. Um, it was reported that it was a big family decision. Um, he had been bouncing all over the place, and he didn't feel like it was right to make his family go through that. And I, I can't hate on that. I, I really can't. Um, I can hate on the fact that he took eight days to decide that after you know leading the Hornets on like he did um, and accepting the job. But what threw me for a loop is the Hornets told him he cannot hire his own assistants. Like, you 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 bring in a coach and you say, no, you're not gonna hire your own assistants. You're gonna you're gonna use the guys that we like. That doesn't make any sense. So when I learned that, I sort of I the the hatred simmered down. Um, just because it's stupid. Um, now I don't wanna 
I don't want to be calling for anybody's heads right now. Mitch, Mike, you guys have to work together and be better. You should know. I mean, it's like the NFL. You're not going to bring in a new head coach and force him to keep the same offensive and defensive coordinator. So why force your new head coach to use the guys that y'all like instead of the guys that he thinks are best? It doesn't make sense. Um, but anyways, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I, I don't know who I was going to listen, but if you did listen, I hope everybody liked it. Um, I'm not sure how often this podcast is going to end up being. Um, I'd like to think I can do it multiple times a week. I probably can't. But um, anyways, I hope you guys enjoy it. And let's hope that Charlotte can come out to be a playoff team this year.